the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. I really was struck by how spending time with them and listening to them and really listening really made me understand what it is that they're going through. And I think that if we can do that as attorneys, I think that it's going to improve our ability to represent people and it's going to help us in our marketing messages 10 times fold. Run your law firm the right way. This is... The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. You're back on the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Sorry, not feeling well, my friend. Tyson has taken it to the max today. He has been under the weather. We have not been able to record this week. He's has a sore throat, but he's rallied and he's here with us today, so we're excited. Yeah, some of you may be happy that I may not talk as much <laughs> during this podcast, but uh, some of you may not be, but I'll try and contribute as much as I can. You want to talk about the topic of the week? I know, I'll be happy you're talking less. Uh, yes, so this week's topic stems from an incident and the experience that I had yesterday, actually. So I think a lot of our listeners know that within immigration, I have developed sort of a subspecialty where I sue the immigration service for the delays that immigrants are having in getting their cases processed. In other words, cases that go well beyond the processing times, for whatever reason, have been delayed by the immigration service. And there's a program that the ACLU uncovered a while back called CARP, which is the Controlled Application Review and Resolution Program. And CARP is basically an interagency program that has the purpose of trying to slow down immigration to the United States for Muslims and people from Muslim countries. It's been around since 2008. It started sort of towards the end of the Bush administration and went all the way through the Obama administration. And now with President Trump, it's back and stronger than ever. So I've had the fun experience, and I do mean that fun because this is really my favorite thing to do, of suing the Immigration Service now 150 times. And Holy almost, crap. Right. Almost all those lawsuits are on behalf of Muslims and, and usually men from Muslim countries. And lately, there's been this little subset of people that I've been suing for, and they're really my favorite ones of all. So and I'm giving you all this background so that you'll understand when I tell the part of the story in a little bit. There have been now six former Iraqi translators who came to the United States on something called a special immigrant visa. In other words, when they were done helping U.S. Army and other armed forces in Afghanistan and Iraq when they, they were able to get a green card because it wasn't safe for them anymore 
to be back there. And so for whatever reason, immigration is refusing to allow them to get their citizenship. They gave them green cards, but they're very reluctant to give them their citizenship. And some of these guys have really went out of their way to really protect people. I mean, they put themselves at risk, their lives at risk. They put their families at risk by serving as translators for two or three or four years for the army. And for whatever reason, immigration is slow walking all of their cases. So I filed one of these a while back for a guy in San Antonio. And then a couple months ago, I, I met a guy named Mustafa and Mustafa has been waiting for his citizenship for four years. So he applied in April of 2014 and he could get no answers. He would do everything that everybody does. They call their senator. They call the USCIS ombudsman. They go down to the immigration service and try to get some answers. And they never get any answers. And so we filed a lawsuit. They get 60 days to answer the lawsuit. Around the 40th day, they said, Jim, we're going to bring him in for an interview. So we had his interview yesterday and everything went well. The officer was really respectful. He even thanked Mustafa for his service to the country, for helping those soldiers. I mean, Tyson, you know, you were in the military and, and I'm sure you can appreciate how important these guys are for them because most of it told me this afterwards that he saved an American and that American got shot in the eye. And so that American got a bronze star. And when the American left Iraq, he, he gave his bronze star to Mustafa. So yeah, that's it's pretty how, incredible. I mean, those, a lot of those guys are pretty incredible. And I, I know that's not the topic of the day, but I, I mean, I, they've given up a lot. And I, I think, I'm not sure if you were planning to go into this, but a lot of the just the, one of the big issues with these interpreters is that the reason why a lot of them actually do want to come here other than being a great country is they risked a ton by doing this for the Americans. They had death threats, people killed their families, things like that. It's it's a very, very difficult position that they've been placed in. And so for them to be denied is kind of crazy. But anyway, that's just kind of a, a side thing. That I, for some reason, I know more about this topic than I think most probably people probably do, but it's a big deal. So typically, Tyson, and so everything got approved. He's going to get naturalized on Friday. So for the hacking law firm, that was a huge success. We, we were able to help this guy get his citizenship after waiting four years in basically two months time. So he's happy. And so one thing I did that I, I don't usually do, but I'm going to start doing more of is I told his story on video. Usually I, I write it up textually, but he was so excited. I mean, he was very emotional after he got approved. He called his wife and told her and he was just ecstatic. And then he called his friends and his, his brother-in-law and he was just telling everybody. So then we shot a quick video. And then usually after I do these interviews, I hop back on the plane and I come back to St. Louis. But this particular time, I had some time to kill because I was going over to Seth Price's web company, Blue Shark, to meet with the team over there to talk about our website. And so my client, Mustafa, and his friend, the two of them, we filed suits for both of them because they were both translators and they've both been waiting for a really long time. The other guy has his interview tomorrow. And so they wanted to take me out to lunch. We went to a really nice lunch. And I bring all this up because we really got into what it's like to be delayed for four years. And they told me of the way that people treat them. They were worried that people thought they were bad people, that the United States government had dirt on them, that it really was an emotional thing for them for the last four years. And we sat in that for the half hour while we were waiting for lunch and I talked it through with them and I really tried to probe and, and sort of really understand what it's like to have that stigma of not being able to get your citizenship when you've done so much for the country that is sort of rejecting you. And so I've known that as a consequence of the delay, and I've hinted at it in the complaints, but by sitting there and talking to them 
and hearing about how other people have the same problem, it really struck me that those people that coach attorneys and say that you really have to understand your clients. I thought I understood my clients. You know, I'm Muslim, they're Muslim. But the fact is, their life is very, very different than mine. I'm a lawyer. I'm white. I'm a convert. You know, they're they're from another country. They're building a life here. They're, they're raising their kids in a foreign land, and they're trying to get their citizenship. So I really was struck by how spending time with them and listening to them and really listening really made me understand what it is that they're going through. And I think that if we can do that as attorneys, I think that it's going to improve our ability to represent people and it's going to help us in our marketing messages 10 times fold. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, at least you know, on my end, sometimes I, I tend to focus on the systems and the things like that on our end, maybe a little too much um, just to make sure we get things done. But I, I, part of that though, I kind of part of partially do that too much but Part of the reason why we also do that, though, is we do try to think about it from the client's perspective. So I think maybe a different way of thinking about it is rather than breaking it down system by system on your end, maybe break it down piece by piece on your from your client's perspective on what they're going through. So, I mean, it sounds like you've done that with immigration. And we've done the same thing with sort of with our firm. And that's why we call it complete injury law. And the reason why we've done that is because we sort of broke down piece by piece from the client's perspective on what they go through. And so most firms no longer will help with the property damage claim. But that was a huge pain point for our clients is having to deal with the property damage claim. And so um, what we've done is I've found a guy in St. Louis that on each, on every auto accident case, he gets assigned out to him. And what he does is he'll evaluate their, let's say it's it, the vehicle's totaled, he'll actually evaluate to see if they're getting the full value for it. Or if they need repairs, he, he's making sure that they're getting the right repairs. So there's things like that that we've looked at on our end to help solve some of those problems. I think it's really important because it's, the clients are going to remember that stuff and how easy you made it for them. And I, and another part of it, you got to make sure you let them know what you're doing because you may be doing a lot of work for your clients and they may not know it. So I think it's important to know, to let them know that as well. But I think it really is important that maybe you sit down and you break down bit by bit by bit what your client is going through. I think it's extremely important. I've heard of sort of, personal injury attorneys who deal with a lot of catastrophic injuries is sort of, you know, making a day in the life video. But I think that being the attorney and actually going to their house and seeing how it is to live, how it is to bathe, how it is to get moving, you know, all the tasks that come across, I think it's just so telling. I think I'm going to need to do more of this. I, I think that I've been pretty superficial in tapping into what my clients are upset about and sad about. I thought I understood it, but it wasn't really until I sat with the two of them and they were still emotional because one guy, got approved. One guy's waiting to get approved. So I was really able to sort of understand where they're coming from. And so I think that they would work in in pretty much any kind of field. I think, you know, taking over things like dealing with the adjuster on the car damage claim and those kinds of things helps a lot. But I think that talking too about just sort of listening more and talking less, you know, I jump into a consult, I take my notes, I say, you need to do this, 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 and this, and either they do it or they don't. And that's about it. And I think that we probably need to do a whole lot more listening. Yeah, I mean, it can be hard, though. I mean, you and I were talking before the call that, you know, things can get busy when get stressed out. And so it's it's easy to forget that part of it and actually 
the, the listing part of it. So that's completely understandable. But maybe you sit down and you take a couple minutes uh, here and there to really think about what they're going through. And you actually gave me a really good idea. I want to start interviewing my client as a marketing tool on what they're going through. And I think that would be a great thing to put on YouTube, on Facebook, to show really what what clients are, are going through. Especially even dealing with the insurance companies because there are still people out there that think, oh, insurance companies always pay what they're what they owe and that, you know, we're just ambulance chasers, yada, yada, yada. But I think if we were to put those on video, our client stories on video, it would change a lot of people's minds. Another thing we spent time talking about after we got sort of through the emotions of that was we talked about, and I, I've been asking people this more and more, what made you make the ultimate decision to hire us? What was the final straw that made you want to go ahead and hire us to sue the immigration service? What is it that you heard or learned that made it feasible for you to hire this attorney, you know, one lives in Virginia, one lives in Baltimore, to hire this attorney from St. Louis to come do this? And and again, this is something where I thought I knew the answer because it had actually been a referral from one of the other Iraqi translators that I'd handled. And he said, that that helped. But really, it was when I saw a copy of the complaint that you filed, because then it all made sense to me why my case had been delayed so long. And it affected me because I realized it wasn't about me. It was about this program more than anything that was causing my delays. And so when I when I read that, it sort of unlocked something. And then that led us into a really great discussion about how can I change my message or be in places where translators might be who would want to be who would be interested in what it is that we offer with the lawsuits. I mean, do you have any tips on getting started? Why how people can get started on kind of figuring out the pain points of their clients? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously one it, it involves a discussion. So I think that the best time to have that discussion is after you've gotten a good result for the clients. Or even you know, there's some people that call up people that don't hire them and ask them why didn't you hire us. But I think I think it's sort of an ongoing thing, and you just sort of walk through the whole process. You know, what were you thinking about at the time that you were looking for an attorney? What were the positive aspects that you were looking for? What were the negative things you were looking for to not have? I mean, what what was your prior experience with other lawyers? You know, what fears did you have when dealing with an attorney? And then what sort of information did you learn that made you decide to call? You know, really breaking it down step by step. And then once you made the call, what sealed the deal for you? Or after you hired us, were there things that you were worried about like, did you start to have concerns about the way we were handling the case, you know, and just sort of all the way up until the day of the decision? I think that if you can really get into that, the pulse of that, I think that it goes a long way. Yeah, I, the one about the attorneys is, there, is a really important one, I think, because there are a lot of people out there that have been burned by attorneys. And you know what? There are a lot of people out there that think they've been burned by attorneys and they haven't been, oh, right. but they blame it they blame it on the attorneys. And so I really think it's important to ask those questions. Just by asking those questions, you're going to set yourself apart from other attorneys. But that is an interesting one, the, uh, getting into their mindset. And I think asking those video questions and putting those on video, that's going to also kind of change the story whenever people are looking for an attorney as well. Like that, I think that's, those are a lot of really good ones. But I, I really do think a way of doing it, though, is, is kind of breaking down kind of like what I was saying, like we break down our, our firm piece by piece by piece to systemize it, do the same thing on your client's end, and maybe even walk through when you're asking those questions at every single stage, you know, what were the things that they went through? For example, like clients, our injury clients, one of the big issues is 
if they don't have health insurance, they're getting bills in the mail all the time and people are threatening them and threatening to, to ding their credit, things like that. And those, those are pain points. Those are things that they're having to deal with. Those are real-life problems. And we can't just ignore them. We have to address them in some manner. And I know some actually – some injury attorneys, they do ignore those. They don't care. But I think that that's, that's to your detriment if you're doing that. I think you need to really start addressing those issues for your clients. I think, too, for me yesterday, what dawned on me was that most of it was an avatar client. He was a specific kind of client with a specific kind of problem that I knew that since I had this extra time to spend with him, that if I could get into what he was thinking throughout the process, that that would allow me to help him and other people. So I think that if if I were an attorney and I was going to start engaging in this kind of behavior of, of talking to people after everything and maybe during everything, I think that I would really look for people who, who are going to be able to convey to you what it is that they were thinking and, and are interested in the dialogue and want to help you help other people. Because you certainly everyone has clients like that. And so that made it really easy for me to pull out the camera and just shoot that video with him because he was ecstatic. It was three minutes after he'd found out that he was going to get to be a U.S. citizen on Friday. I walked him through on the video. The video is two minutes long, but I walked him through you know, some of it I did on the video. What were you thinking about before you hired us? How did you find us? Why did you hire us? What did we do for you? Are you excited about your results? And what advice do you have for anybody in a similar situation? I mean, that was just perfect. And he just, he ran with it. I mean, he waved to the camera during the video. And I'll tell you, most of my videos that I put on Facebook have about, you know, maybe at the end of a week, they probably have about 300 views. This one already has 2,500 views. Whoa, that's that's awesome. Do you have any people that push back and they don't want to be on video? Oh, for sure. I have people I have people who tell me when they hire me, oh, Mr. Jim, I don't want to be in any of your pictures. I don't want to be in any of your marketing. <laughs> like some people like are worried about me because they know how I am. But I'll tell you, yesterday when Mustafa and I walked out of immigration, he goes, we got to do a selfie. I go, yeah, we do, Mustafa. <laughs> I mean, now, now with that wall we have in our office of the pictures of all our happy clients, I mean, people are angling to get on there as quick as they can. So, you know, that's another thing too, is you sort of set the tenor and the expectations that, yeah, you're, you're going to be a hero one day too. You're going to be up on that wall. And, and if we start doing this in video, I think it's just going to be on steroids. All right. You want to wrap things up? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I have my hack of the week in it and you might not be surprised, but a lot of the ideas that I am talking about in this episode came from a book that I started reading this week. It's called Building a Story Brand. Clarify your message so customers will listen. And it's really about getting to the story and about the history of story and how story really helps us convey complex ideas and messages to people. I mean, basically, I just told you all of the story of Mustafa and his experience with us. I think it's a great book. I got it on Kindle for nine bucks. I've really enjoyed the parts that I've read, and it really distills down how important it is for us to be able to convey our message through story. I like it. Uh, before I get to my tip of the week, I kind of did things out of order this week, I guess. But I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, join there, and get involved in the discussion. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I've not really been able to participate over the last few days. But, I mean, there's just people just firing out questions and comments, and it's really awesome. So get involved there. And will you please give us a five-star review on 
iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I was looking at the numbers. It's really weird. By far, iTunes is the most that we get downloads for our podcast. But there was one I'd never heard of. I can't remember it now, but it wasn't even like Stitcher or one of the main ones. So it's kind of interesting to see that. But anyways, go there. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy this podcast, which hopefully you do. My tip of the week is another app, and it's called Wisp, W-I-S-P. And how this came about, uh, how I found that, is I, we've, I've been updating our office manual, and I put it all into OneNote, which I really like. I, I'm, I'm sad I haven't hadn't found OneNote until recently. I wanted to find an easy way to put that on our employees' phones, our mobile phones. And the way you can do that is Wisp. Wisp is, I mean, they've got some other functions on there. I'm pulling this up now. They have like a chat function and stuff like that. I don't, I don't use things like that. We have Slack for for communicating, but it allows you to put your office manual. It's free up for up to 10 employees, I think. But yeah, that way your, your employees can have those on their phone at all times, which is kind of nice. So that's much of the week. Jimmy, anything else? So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our upcoming Max Law Con 2018. We're about almost a month away. Enrollment continues, and people are we're, we're well over 60 people now. Um, so when you count in the law students, we're going to hit 75 for sure. So we've probably got about 30 spots left, and we're really excited about everyone who's coming. Mitch Jackson's going to be here for the entire conference, and we're going to try to sprinkle him into some other sessions. We're excited about that. I think everyone who's uh, coming is engaged and ready to rock and roll. Our friend John Fisher is sending out a really nice message this week promoting it. If everybody could invite one friend, we'd fill it fast. I think that there's a lot of lawyers who need to hear the message that's going to be presented at MaxLawCon, so do your friends a favor. It's still really cheap at $2.99 for the two-day conference, and we would love it if you guys could share that video. We've started doing some Facebook advertising, just trying to see what happens, and so spread the word, my friends. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, just I think the value is tremendous when you talk with the speakers, speakers that are going to be speaking, and everybody I talk to, they say, oh, it's, you know, I expect that to be around six to eight hundred bucks, and I was like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't want to. We're not doing this to make money. We're doing this to spread the word and spread the love. So, get join us, come out to St. Louis, have a little fun. I'm even thinking about Jimmy after we do our little dinner thing, maybe taking some people out for some cigars or something. So, if you're into that kind of thing, so we, there's a lot to do in St. Louis. We'll have a lot of fun. So, have a good week, Jimmy. Bye, buddy. Hope you feel better. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.